0: What's going on, fam? Commanding General Yohanna here. Let's talk about Juneteenth. I know what you're thinking. General Yohanna, you're going to criticize Juneteenth. And if that's what you're thinking, you're right. I got some criticism. Unfortunately. First of all, let's explain what Juneteenth is. For those of you out there that may not know what it is. Juneteenth is a 19 an 1865 announcement that was made to, you know, black people that were in slavery. It was, it was made in Texas. Okay. On June 19th, 1865, this announcement was, it was made in Texas that all slaves were now emancipated. Okay. And, and so, uh, ending the door, you know, ending slavery across the country. Now, just so you could get the understanding, uh, in 1860, in, in 1863, January, 1863, two and a half years earlier, abraham lincoln uh de- declared you know the emancipation of proclamation that was in 1863 but of course it was ignored because it was a civil war going on and they wasn't trying to hear that they're getting ready to let slaves out so it took two and a half years later and the end of the of the civil war until that announcement could be made and actually enforced so really those that run around touting Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation—it didn't free slavery. Slavery went on two and a half years after, and even the slavery that took place, even the uh, emancipation that took place in 1865, was still, or rather, the you know the announcement, so to speak, still didn't change anything. And it is why Black people, Latinos and natives that you know look at this holiday—I hate to say it to you but it you you are celebrating something that never changed your situation and something that you shouldn't be celebrating when you understand the history of it unfortunately we're always looking for a day and a holiday that we can uh, affiliate ourselves with the empire a holiday that we can say you know this is a day that we fixed slavery when we never fixed slavery. Slavery is still going on today. It's just done in a different way. It's done in, a really, it's done in the exact way that it was supposed to be done during the emancipation. Let me just read you the uh, technical details on this. On June 19, 1865, the announcement was made that tens of thousands of African-Americans, black people in Texas have been emancipated closing the door on one of the latest chapters of slavery in the U.S. Juneteenth traces its origins back to Galveston, Texas, where on June 19, 1865, Union soldiers, those were the soldiers that was in the North fighting the South, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed in the city with news that the Civil War had ended and slaves were now free, which they had already declared it in the North, but there's much, much more to it. The announcement came two and a half years after President Lincoln emancipated uh, Lincoln's Emancipation of Proclamation of January 1st, 1863, that had ended slavery in the U.S. However, since that proclamation was made during the Civil War, it was ignored by Confederate states, and it was wasn't until the end of the war that the order was able to be enforced. The day is the day's name Juneteenth is a combination of June and the nineteenth as that day in honor of the date that this uh, major uh, this major general announcement was made okay also known as african-american freedom day or emancipation day this is you know currently a push towards making the day if there's currently a push towards making it a federal holiday they want to make it a federal holiday when really it should not be none of this has really very little to do with us actually being free because we're First of all, we are not free, okay? We're not even free in this state with everything that went on, okay? The Emancipation of Proclamation did not free all slaves in the United States. Rather, it declared free only those slaves living in states not under union control. That's something to think about. When they did lay it out and say, okay, you free, it was only really the soldiers who were down, who were down with the Union. They needed those soldiers for the war. So they freed them so that they could help them fight the South and to bring down the South, which was what really all of it was about. The honor that we give to Lincoln, all of that is, none of that, all of that is misplaced, man. And you know, if you want to just go along with the holiday and have fun and and lie to yourself and say, you know, this is when we fought for freedom and make yourself feel like you pro-Black, and you pro, you know, civil rights and all of that, then you can go ahead and do it. But if you really want to, the truth, you want to live the truth, be the truth, understand the truth, then you will understand that this was not a day that actually freed us. It was just a day that they declared it for their own benefit in this war, and it meant nothing to our situation. And the proof is here we are in 2020 that was 1865 we're in now 2020 okay 2020 and absolutely nothing has changed in our situation we believe things have changed because we don't have the actual label of slavery we believe things have changed because the country has become greater and powerful and more sophisticated and and and, uh blacks have uh attained uh other great positions Positions, by the way, that they had in the past, and we need to do a whole new tape on just that alone. So it's really a lie. It's really a truly, truly lie. uh, The Juneteenth celebration. So let me read a little bit more. William Stewart, Lincoln's Secretary of State, (laughs) comment commented, "We show our sympathy with slavery by emancipating slaves where we cannot reach them." and holding them in bondage where we can set them free. So in other words, they emancipated the slaves that were in slavery under uh, the South, but the ones that they had in the North, they did not free those slaves at the same time. They didn't free those slaves. Lincoln was fully aware of the irony, but he did not want to antagonize the slave states loyal to the union by setting their slaves free. So in other words, he's fighting this civil war out of the North. And as he's fighting this civil war, he doesn't wanna free the slaves that's in the North because he needs their help to fight the South. But he will free the slaves that are in the South by declaration, which is also why the South didn't even pay it no mind till they lost the war. They paid it no mind because you got slaves up in the North, but you telling us our slaves, are free down here. How the hell you, why you ain't free the ones that, you, that got, you got under your foot? Because really it had nothing to do with anything honorable. Today, they've had enough time in history to attempt to make it look honorable, to make Lincoln look honorable when it was a, it was a real disrespect. The penny, the in penny the to- is the only coin minted in the United States with a bronze color to represent the slaves that are on the bottom. It is the only coin in the United States where the president's face is facing the opposite direction of the other presidents on their coins. They are telling you in essence, that Lincoln is who they considered the honorable president of the slaves. And by making it the penny, the slaves have become on the bottom. Of course, you've heard recently they're talking about Possibly putting Harriet Tugman on the $20 bill. That's an attempt to again cle- you know, make a wrong right in what they did with the penny. However, none of it fixes the issue, and which is why the Lord's punishment is almost, you know, not almost, but is guaranteed to fall on the empires of this world because those things don't fix it. It was a, it was an irony that they did it. Okay, and let me get a little bit more on the whole thing with Lincoln. Now, three years earlier, okay, three years, or really a year earlier than Lincoln's emancipation, uh, a man by, by the name of uh, Horace Greeley. Horace Greeley was a founder of the New York Tribune. The New York Tribune was probably the largest newspaper in New York City back in the 1860s. One of their editors eventually spun off with other partners and created what you know today as the New York Times. It didn't come directly from the Tribune, but it was somewhat of a spinoff by one of the editors of the Tribune. That's why a lot of people call the the New York Times a communist socialist paper, because one of the things that the New York Times did in its early days, being affiliated with those from the, the New York Tribune, which was also an extremely liberal paper, is they, they they had Karl Marx. Karl Marx was one of their writers and editors in Europe. And Karl Marx, if you know anything about him, was known for, you know, being a, a propagandist of socialism, believing that democracies would all eventually become socialist societies, a lot of which we see today. Whole nother tape, whole nother debate. We'll come back to it at another time. But anyway, Horace Greeley was the founder of the New York Tribune. He was very, very powerful Uh, a man back then. In August of 22nd, what he did was he wrote a letter to Lincoln. He wrote a rather an editorial about Lincoln. And he wrote this editorial saying that Lincoln is over 20 million people. And basically he was trying to say that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, that Abraham Lincoln didn't know what the hell he was doing. Now, Abraham Lincoln, he, of course, seeing that it was something disparaging against him, he came back and wrote This Horace Greeley, now this is a newspaper editor of one of the biggest newspapers in New York City. He wrote him back his true thoughts about how he is in control and how the decisions that he made may not seem clear to everybody, but that these decisions were made specifically to save the union. And I wanna read Lincoln's words if you haven't heard them before, and it will show you how it's such a hypocritical thing to honor this guy to honor him as something special. One of the biggest things they pushed during the Barack Obama campaign was to push this idea that he was somewhat like a Abraham Lincoln, somewhat like a um, emancipator of the slaves. or somewhat of the accomplishments that started out with Lincoln and came to fruition, supposedly during the Barack Obama uh, era. Not that I'm here to shoot him down. It's just once again, If you wanna live a lie, this is not the tape for you. This is not the channel for you. But if you really just want the truth and wanna really understand why you living in the world that you're living in, then we can take pieces of this world and show you, pull the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz and show you the world that you really living in. So let me read to you. This is Abraham Lincoln's words back to Horace Greeley. He said this, I would save the union. I would save it the shortest way under the constitution. The sooner the national authority can be restored, the nearer the union will be the union as it was. He was trying to save this union. Quote on, if there be those who would not save the union unless they could at the same time save slavery, I do not agree with them. Meaning, in other words, if there were those who would save this union, would keep this country together, and save it as one country, but say they wouldn't do it if, if they couldn't preserve slavery. He said, I wouldn't agree with them. Meaning I would rather lose slavery for them to, you know, for the union to be put together. But now that sounds pro pro-black. It sounds like it's something honorable, but listen to the second line of what he said. If there be those who would not save the union, unless they could at the same time destroy slavery, He said, I do not agree with them either. I'm not on both either side. My paramount object object in this struggle is to save the union and is not either to save or to destroy slavery. He said, I ain't here to save or destroy slavery. So this idea that his goal and hearts were to save, was to end slavery, it had nothing to do with that. It had nothing to do with that, it was not even It was just a matter of political pundits and political punting for him to do what it took to win. He was about winning the union and he knew freeing those slaves in the South would destroy the economics of the South. And it did because the South's economics were built on farming, built on agriculture, built on livestock, built on those things that were done in the field by black people for years and years and years. And he knew like any good strategist to end it, I need to end the slavery in the South while still keeping the slavery in the North and keeping the North happy. He cared less about slavery, yet is honored in such a way. And our mindset in it is as though these white leaders were there for us when they were not. Okay, let me read a little bit more. Uh, Here's what he said. My paramount object in this struggle is to save the union and is not either to save or destroy slavery, man. If I could save the union without freeing any slave, I would do it. That's Abraham Lincoln. He said he could, if he could do it without no slaves getting free. He said, I'd do it and not even and and slavery would have gone on. He said, I would do it. That was with his words. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. What I do about slavery and the color race, I do because I believe it helps to save the union. And what I forbear, I forbear because I do not believe it would help to save the union, meaning I don't care. You see me freeing slaves or saving slaves It's only because I'm trying to save the empire. That's the empire's. And what you got to learn. And your interest has to be different. And so celebrating Juneteenth. Is really lying to yourself. To believe that, first of all, that you did anything. You did nothing to get slavery. It was to stop slavery. It it, even after this emancipation, slavery continued for two and a half years. then and then when it was declared no more slavery slavery went on in other ways from that two and a half years on up to today okay because even after it became illegal except for prisoners incarceration became the bigger chain gangs were immediately set up after that in essence they turned around and said look for to win the south We're going to end slavery so those soldiers don't fight with you. Now that the war is over, guess what? You can lock them up and make them a prisoner and we will put them in a chain gang and then you can work them on your farms like you did before. So in other words, we don't care that they were slaves or that they got free. We only were trying to win the South. So here's some laws that allow you to put them right back into slavery and chain gangs were born. Chain gangs were born and you were made prisoner and you were locked up for any little infraction and the mindset. From that time in the 1860s, that mindset was to brainwash the rest of America into believing that you are a criminal. That's when the Klan started. That's when the propaganda story started about you being a criminal and you committing crimes and you always wanting to rape and to murder and to kill and you're like an animal. All of that started. The terms like thug and these different terms that came up to identify black men, all of that came because the way to keep slavery going after the war and after the laws that they had passed was not to reverse it. They couldn't reverse it and put it back into slavery. It wouldn't have worked. So what did they do? They just made laws that you can actually have a slave, but we'll call them a prisoner. You'll find a petty crime. You'll lock him up and you 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 can go right back to working him to death. Here's what it says. Here's what Lincoln said, all right? And whatever I forbear, I forbear because I do not believe it would help to save the union. I shall do less whenever I shall believe what I am doing hurts the cause. And I shall do more when I shall believe doing more will help the cause. Meaning I don't care if it helps the cause or don't help the cause, I could care less. I'll do whatever it takes for it to work out for me. You understand i'll do whatever it takes and here's here's a a, a point a real point of uh, interest that you should look at when it comes to the announcement that was made that was made in Galveston, texas and listen to the words of this announcement well it says this the people of texas are informed in accordance with a proclamation from the exec executive of the united states meaning the president all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. Listen to the last line. And the connection heretofore, meaning the connection between the two that used to be master and slaves, heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and free laborer. So in other words, it used to be master and slave, but it's not gonna be master and slave no more. Now it will be employer and free laborer. Meaning this, meaning you, we're gonna design the country from here on out for these blacks that were formerly labeled as slaves to be the laborers and you to be the employers. And look at America today. You wonder why we get cut off in businesses and corporations in all kinds of ways. Because it is by design. In that proclamation that we look at as so righteous and such a wonderful document and it should be a federal holiday. They said that they were going to structure the country to be employer and laborer. And they did just that to this day. And they also turned around and said that a prisoner could lose will lose all of their rights if they're a prisoner and they did exactly that that's how you got two million people in america in prison it's why you have the highest prison rate in america it's how you maintain slavery without using the term it's why you have such poverty in blacks latinos and natives uh uh areas in this empire because it maintains the employer free laborer relationship and of course if there are anomalies and different people who have become wealthy and powerful and open their own businesses of course it's not an absolute because they're not trying to absolute everything in the empire but in general in general this is the relationship that you have with your former slave masters and as a result they just keep you as poor as possible as though you were a slave And let me give you some stats on that real quick before we go. Check it out, all right? Right now, on the poverty scale, blacks live in extreme poverty. And when I say extreme poverty, according to the 2018 uh, uh, structure of poverty, if you have a household of four people and you make less than $25,000 combined in that household, then you are in poverty. And let's let, and if you look at the majority of black people that are uh, working and living in the United States, the majority of them are living in absolute poverty. I'll give you some numbers. Blacks in America have 8,900,000 people that live below the poverty line as of 2018 and rising. So we're two years later, but these statistics are from 2018. Our Latino brothers have 10,500,000 Latinos living below the poverty level. Our natives who actually have the lowest number have 600,000 people living below the poverty line. So combined, combined, we're talking 18, 19, 19 million, 20 million, 100,000 of the Lord's chosen people that live below the poverty line. 20 million, 20 million of our people, over 20 million of our people live below the poverty line. And you wonder why you got ghettos. And corporations know and have family history that go all the way back to the 1800s and they keep this status quo they keep this status quo so you wonder why we being killed by cops and brutality and all this is going on this was structured and for us to celebrate Juneteenth as though you know we did some accomplishment to truly celebrate Juneteenth we should be going to the prison we should be we should be opening up our own small businesses. We should be having festivals about that instead with barbecuing and acting as though it's a celebration of accomplishment. And all the black leaders will, you know, tout put, you know put their chest out and tout what a great thing we've done, even though we've got more work to do. And people will visit the Martin Luther King statue when in fact all of it is horrible. You have two million black people in prison. 350,000 abortions a year in the United States of Blacks, Latinos, and Natives. 11,000 deaths by some type of violence uh, of of Black people in America, many by cop, many by Black-on-Black murder, but many by police officers. You got massive drug addiction imported in to help keep you in that poverty state, to help keep the master laborer relationship together. And and understand this, a lot of you, I remember not too uh, too long ago, uh, uh, Bill Cosby and others came out and said, if you are working McDonald's and you flip burgers, be a good McDonald's burger flipper. In other words, don't complain about it. When in fact, If you really look at the depth of what happened, the master laborer relationship is slavery. The fact that you have to go and work for another nation's company in essence is slavery. Truly ending slavery would be to end the master laborer relationship. Truly ending slavery would mean that all black people, Latinos and natives would seek every Juneteenth to make an account and a record of how independent they became of their own wealth, of their own finance, of their own incarceration. Our celebration should be to actually fight slavery. And if we were to actually fight slavery, we would be putting in place the things necessary to reduce our prison rates, not waiting on them to produce it, but to reduce it ourselves by giving felons a way back to work. And you do that by fixing the other problem, which is the master labor relationship. How do you do that? By far more independence of Black and Latinos and natives' businesses and, 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 and lands and finances, and then hiring Blacks and Latinos to work for Blacks and Latinos. If you want to end real slavery, if you want to end real, crime in major cities. If you want to end real poverty in major cities, all you have to do is look at the history of slavery and recognize the things that were put in place to keep slavery going, and then fight against those issues of slavery and not celebrate the accomplishments of nothing. Not celebrate the fact that some white man decided that it was necessary to free slaves for him to win his empire back. And so now you celebrate it as though you've accomplished something when you have accomplished nothing, neither was it his intention to free you for your benefit anyway. And instead, laws were put in place to keep and enforce it. That's what Jim Crow laws were for. Jim Crow laws kept you in the master laborer relationship and Jim Crow laws kept you going to jail in massive numbers and it was repeated later by the democrats and republicans in later years it's not that hard to figure out the mastery of the evil that's been done to us the question is are you willing to do what it takes to reverse that action and as you look today at the police brutality and the crimes coming out and the george floyd the eric gardner's the brianna taylor's you understand the tamir rices okay the ferguson Uh, uh, affair, so to speak. The Rodney King and on and on and on. As you look at that and you see what's going on, seek the real solutions. Seek the real solutions to those things and you'll begin to see and understand what's really going on. Hey, I'll catch y'all on the next one, man. Talk to y'all later.